welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 73. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and um, I don't even know where to begin. It's been such a long, long time since I've done a podcast, and, you know, there's been a lot going on, so I'm going to make it really brief with regard to my own stuff, because that's really not very important. I got a new job. Well, I have a contract job, so I'm working full-time again. Um, I don't work at the Cattery anymore, and I got a, a job at a call center where you answer the telephone, and, and it also does data entry and things like that, and it's an organization that helps. Um, it's actually social work, which um, maybe I should talk about that this episode. Um, you know, there was a giant earthquake in New Zealand. Well, there was a giant earthquake last September in Christchurch, but the loss of life with regards to humans, because we don't really hear much about the non-humans who die, but with regard to the humans' loss of life, nobody died in the first one, except for, no, nobody died. I think that there were some residual, obviously, health effects and panic um, effects, like I think actually somebody passed away from a heart attack, and that was due to the earthquake, Um, but there was nobody who died because of the, the earth actually falling, you know, buildings falling on them. And then, as we all know, and it's worldwide news, there was an earthquake in Christchurch. Uh, It was an aftershock of the first one now, the seismologists are saying. And, you know, it's been an absolute disaster for Christchurch. Um, There are families grieving losses of lives, and it was a truly, you know, natural disaster. And um, so, you know, there's this sentiment. I mean, I live here, and, and, you know, I work for... um, this great organization and they're not only do they have an extra workload because of the because of the earthquake um, with regard to what, making sure the children and that are in their care are okay and that the caregivers are okay and all that kind of thing uh, they're wanting to raise money you know they're wanting to raise money and so they have a bake sale you know and it's like um, cookies and cakes in the kitchen for sale for, for Christchurch they go past with the trolley and there's all these like really well-meaning people and they, they really care, you know. Um, in fact, their lives are dedicated to helping families and children and things. And they're selling these um, baked goods and, you know, none of them are are vegan. Um, they all have at least eggs or milk um, or both. And as we know, that is the scale of, of, of any natural disaster that we consider, like let's take a natural disaster anywhere in the world, and then let's multiply that by 56 billion, and however many that is a day, and that is what lives are like for non-human animals that are used for all the uses that we have, clothing, food, etc. It's a natural disaster every second of every day of their lives, only it's not a natural disaster, it's a man-made disaster, and we can stop it. Um, but anyway, so this sad, that's the sad thing, and and you know I think about it, and um, it's like I'm not gonna. I just sort of just kept working, and I didn't I didn't do anything. I gave money to the Christchurch Appeal um, another another way. Um, but this really really sad thing is is that they don't realize that you're causing uh, you're taking these this these you know this product of exploitation to use it to to do good to try to do good um and you know somebody like me who's aware of the truth behind the innocent looking little cupcakes and and muffins and things like that is not going to participate in that even though it's i know that there's a natural disaster that happened in christchurch and there are um and they're raising money for the spca as well and um i don't support the spca in a general matter 
with regard to their overall attitude towards an, non-human animals, considering them property and things like that. We'll go into that later, but they do. Ha- these are there are animals being saved by them. I mean, that's a fact. And animals being kept alive by them. They there are you know many 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 not enough but many and so you know it's not just about and then but I look at them and I look at these cupcakes and I'm thinking you have no idea you have no idea and and yeah and I was thinking about it because I was thinking you know nobody's questioning me why I'm not buying these cupcakes or anything most people know that I'm vegan I declared it from the beginning because it's something people need to know because there's a lot of food sharing going on food is the constant and we know that so it's all it generally is around food with regard to social situations and the giving you know um, and then a general social context. So anyway, that's something that is always constantly weighing on my mind. And it's like when it, when I get a job or any kind of thing, I'm like, I can't. It's like I don't accept, you know, a lot of the objections that we get from people, and I've had this a few times, is like, but I do all this good for animals, you know, like, and then you see everywhere, you see all these uh, fundraisers and happy celebrations and none of them are serving vegan food and very few of the participants are vegan and those who are are the kinds that are like it's a personal choice or you know oh you know what I'm talking about and um, it's so hard to see and it's the same with, with anything you know we're, we're always put in this position where we're kind of like we're looking at everybody and they're just so full of love and they just want to help you know they want to help the victims of these disasters they want to help these animals or they want to celebrate the, what they feel is like this but you know I have I just I don't I can't, I can't describe my position because I don't want to say it's high standards because I don't think they are very high you know they're not high it's not like you know what a high standard you have you don't want people to like unnecessarily torture and slaughter living beings it's like that's not a high standard that's like the you know the minimum that you could do you know as Dan Kuda he says it's like the minimum the minimum you know it's like the least that you could do you know but um I have so I have those standards um but they're just way way apparently way way higher than a lot of people in the animal movement you know um so uh what was I saying yeah so I'm not I'm not gonna take part in some um exploitation or forgive some exploitation even if that person is doing a lot of good in other areas I just I'm not so like you often you find when you're dealing with people especially if they've been working for a certain types of animal issues whether it's they work for the whales or they you know work for anything you know that, that you know to do with animals or the SBCA or whatever and they they say and they almost feel like they're exempt like they're like you know you're like you should think about veganism because I tell you know we tell that to everybody I mean we'll tell that to a farmer to his face given the chance I will tell them to their faces yes I think you should grow crops you know and um and we tell and we um and we so we say to these people, Hey, you know, you should think about veganism and they say, How dare you? I do all this stuff, you know. I've saved, you know, this many animals and adopted that many animals and I've and and you're saying, Okay, that's great, okay, that's great, but that doesn't mean that it's okay that you're eating eggs and drinking milk and wearing leather and going to the zoo and I mean it just it's not detracting from the good they're doing. And that is what, you know, a lot of people misunderstand us, abolitionists. People are like, you know, I said, you know, I saved this, this particular animal the other day. So don't you dare 
don't you dare talk to me about veganism, you know, and say that and try to insinuate, you know, that I'm like doing something wrong because I'm eating like meat or eggs or something because look at all these animals that I've helped. And they're really missing the point. And it's really sad because they do feel like we're not appreciating that. We do appreciate that. I mean, animals need help, you know, but it doesn't mean that we're going to just sort of like say, oh, well, in that case, all the animals that you killed, is it's not a problem, you know? No. And I wouldn't dream to say that I have rescued living as many living animals with regard to, like, provide homes and things like that. I mean, I admire people who do that and people who, you know, help sick animals and, and, and things like that. And I'm not trying to compare, like, those kind of, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, belittling those things. All, you know, I'm saying and all we're saying is like, just be vegan. You can still be this magnificent animal saver. You know, you can like give them homes and you can help them when they're sick. And, you know, you all know what I mean. I mean, everybody listening knows what I mean. I'm not. And so um, I was actually talking to somebody that today who was collecting money um, for um, the IHC. The IHC is Intellectually Handicapped Community and it's a umbrella organization in New Zealand, based in New Zealand, um, although I'm sure that there's Mirror or there's like similar organizations all over the world, uh, that sort of covers, it's, it's like an umbrella organization and they collect all the money and then they distribute the money throughout the, the like the special schools that maybe have specialized educational facilities and, and also taking them on field trips. And so this, so this um, advocate stopped me and said, hello, you know, and I was really, and I said, oh yeah, what are you, what are you guys doing, you know, what are you about, and she said, you know, we're raising, we're raising money um, for intellectually handicapped community, and she said, you know, what we do is we take them out, she said, we, it's to pay for things that, um, that we help them to do in order to have, you know, more fulfilled lives, rather than just be sort of like marginalized, you know, she's like, we take them fishing, we take them camping. And I said, the fact that you're taking them fishing, I'm not cool with that because I'm vegan and I don't think you should be teaching, I don't think you should be educating people about killing. Because she's like, oh, right. And then we just, and then we just went on to talk about the organization and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I said to her, with, with regard to donations, sadly, you know, I won't give any money to any animal organizations. I said, imagine um, if the IHC killed, let's say, 10% of the intellectually handicapped community that they were, you know, dealing with, like the most difficult cases, the ones that were impossible to home or the ones that just couldn't function, you know, they were just like put to death. And I said, you know, could you imagine? And I said, think of all the good that you do and all of the, the, the people that you help, because they do, they touch lives, they help lives. I mean, they, they do, you know, there may be corruption. <laughs> I don't really trust any organization 100%, but you know that somewhere along the line, probably quite a few people are being helped by this organization um, because intellectually handicapped people suffer in our communities because we have this, you know, terrible inequality that we, that we live. Um, and so I said to her, can you imagine, say, you know, AHC does all this wonderful stuff for like 90%, but then the other 10%, they just put them to death. And, and 10% is nothing compared to the non-humans that are put to death. Nothing. I mean, I think it's a way higher percentage than that. I mean, I'd be curious to know the percentage of animals that are actually homed with regard to put to death, with regard to strays, with regard to, um, you know, I mean, I'm even just talking about so-called pet animals. And so I said to her, can you imagine that? And she was kind of looking at me like, why are we talking about this? You know, I'm just trying to get you to like commit to this donation. But she listened and I said, can you imagine giving money um, to, to that? I mean, can you imagine working for them? Would you work for them? 
and yeah the Christchurch appeal is is the same way like if I know that my money is going to help people that's great but not if it's taking part in hurting or it's it's expressing a a acceptance of of this you, you know these these hurting of these other beings to help these other beings unnecessarily because we can have delicious cupcakes and muffins and la 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 and sell them and help the people in Christchurch you know they can be vegan so it's always like a, this ongoing dilemma with with regard to this misunderstanding because you know if I was to sort of say to these people you know look I mean that muffin right there is filled with either eggs or milk or both right and I would say do you have any idea do you have any idea that you know somewhere along the line before that little bit of powder or whatever that you bought or that piece of whatever there was a being you know, at the top of the line, if you look, if you look at this thing that you've got in your cake, and then you go backwards, step by step, by step, by step, by step, you're going to end up at somebody, and they're going to be somebody, somebody's life. And when you really, really know the truth, you know, it's not just an innocent trace, or just a trace amount, or it's not just a like an innocent, like, a, or it's just a muffin, and it's already there, and who cares? And if you pay for it now, it doesn't matter because nobody extra is going to die. I mean, that's what a welfare would tell you. Well. It's not like anybody extra is going to die because it's already been done. And, you know, it just misses the point. It just absolutely misses the point. I mean, we have to take a moral stand in our every action and in our every word. And the crazy thing about animal use is it's every single day almost feels like sometimes it's every second of every single day I mean my head is constantly like a ping pong ball like that old that old computer game none of the youngies 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 listening will understand it but there was this computer game that uh, my generation will understand I think it was called jeez oh, pong or something like that and it was like a this, you know, it was so basic but you bounced this it was like pretend you're playing squash in, a, in an indoor squash court but you're the only player and so you're bouncing this ball around. And sometimes that's what my brain is doing, just in a normal day, where I'm like at work and people are like, and I'm in the kitchen and I'm making my tea, and then somebody's got the milk out, right? The cow's milk out of the fridge, and they're like pouring their milk. And then they're like looking around to see who they can help, because they're kind and they're, 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 they're considerate, and they're like, well, I've already taken the milk out of the fridge. Let me see if anybody else wants some milk before I put it in the fridge. And, um, you know, their intentions are good. And um, and I, and then they say, oh, you know, they see me making my tea. And they're like, do you, want, do you need milk? You know, oh, here, do you want this milk? And I kind of look at the person, my brain starts playing Pong, <laughs> right? You know, is that the right name for that game? I hope everybody, I hope those of my generation can understand more than the others. I can't think of a, like, a Xbox equivalent. And so, and I'm thinking, okay, 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 you know, I've got 30 seconds, you know, to tell this person something about the fact that they've offered me milk. And, you know, generally, all I say is, I don't drink milk. But I'm starting to say I'm weaned, because <laughs> that's only two words. So I don't know how effective it would be. I haven't tried it just to say I don't want the milk because milk is the product of you know animal exploitation, and um, I'm opposed to violence. And I think that that's actually a great thing to say. Um, I haven't got to that level yet. Um, a long time ago, I said I was going to start working on this stuff when I was in the workplace, and I'm getting there, you know. Um, and so I said, but I do, what I do say, no thanks, I'm weaned. <laughs> um, and it's kind of a cool thing to say. And then you just keep making your tea. Um, and you know, it's, it, if you can't think of anything else, fall back on that rather than no thanks or, oh no, you know, saying something that they, you know, you could say, no, I'm thanks, I'm vegan, but I just, 
I hate the fact that vegan is considered a diet. It just drives me crazy. Um, so I'd rather say something like um, that makes them think or that does mention exploitation in some way. Like, no, I'm opposed to violence. But, you know, I don't know if, if somebody, like, say New Zealander. I mean, New Zealand, like, well, in most countries, you know, milk, cow's milk is just every fridge. I mean, every fridge in every single house and every single business and every single factory. Anyway, um, and so, uh, to say somebody, they say, do you want, oh, do you need the milk? And I'd be like, no, I'm opposed to violence. Um, I don't know. I think that, I think it's a good thing to say. I think it would get them thinking. So I don't know. I'm, I'm practicing these different things. I'll let you know as I progress, because this is all very new, um, because I haven't been out, sort of out in the, you know, where I'm, when I was in the cattery, I mean, I was downstairs with the cats. It wasn't like I was up. I mean, I was upstairs. I'd pop upstairs to ask questions and things like that. And, you know, to say, you know, I have a concern about a cat or something like that. But I spent most of my time with cats, you know, I wasn't with people. So um, it's interesting to be back in that world. And I've been doing other things that are getting me back out there as well. Not just the street store, because the street store is so anonymous in a way. Um, you don't see the same people day after day. Even in Auckland, which is only a population of a million, you don't see the same people day after day. Um, whereas if I was to do a street stall, well, if Jordan was to do a street stall in Chicago, for example... Um, and he was in the main center. I mean, after a while, he'd start seeing the same people day after day after day after day after day. And that would be a challenge. That would be a challenge, I think. It would be great in one way, but it would definitely be a challenge, you know. Um, so when I do these people, um, and I'm sort of like, I came right from the beginning, like I said, I was vegan. Um, that was the first thing I said because we were on the table and they're like, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. And I was like, okay, my name is Elizabeth Collins. My fundamental philosophy of life is nonviolence and that means that I'm vegan. One of the things that I did at work the other day is I got, as I've been getting really bold um, because this is my first foray back into the workforce after my last job, apart from, like I say, the category where I wasn't with people. I mean, I was, but hardly at all. And the other night, everybody's like, we all got to get together because there's a bunch of us that have been hired on contract. And so in April... I'm probably going to be unemployed again and I'm not going to be at this company anymore. It's just a contract. And then all of us will probably never see each other again, you know? I mean, maybe. And so everybody's like, oh, we got to get together, we got to get together, we got to get together. And I was like, uh, okay, I'll go out with you guys, but I'm not going to a restaurant unless it's vegan because I don't, I can't stand sit, sitting around um, watching people eat um, my friends. So I didn't, I can't remember. It was basically that. I mean, this is how sort of like, I guess I'm just like, look, you know, we, I can't take it anymore, you know, wake up. Um, and then and then wasn't like people just didn't like freak out on me because I said it so matter-of-factly and they know that it's true. They know they're eating animals' bodies. And whenever animals are talked about um, and people in the room know that I'm in the room, I always get this little look like, oh, the animals, Liz. And I'm just like yeah, yeah, it's really not about me, um, yeah, I want you guys to think about it, because they do think about it when you're in the room, if you're an outspoken vegan, you know, and if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, real about it, you just got to keep it real, I mean, it's not, I mean, I know exactly what is going on with everybody, because I was that person, I was that person, 
you know, for all my life, you know. And then we have these, you know, we see all this goodness. Um, yeah, and it's and it's geared towards our own. It's geared towards our own species, and that's fine. I don't see anything wrong with us wanting to help our own species. The thing that I see something wrong with is our complete indifference and horrific um, injustice to all other species. Um, so. Um, when when people who who do do good things um, get really upset with us when we're like you're not doing enough because you're not vegan, I mean basically that's it. It's like you're not vegan, so you're not doing the bare minimum. <laughs> All the good stuff that you're doing isn't even the bare minimum. So do the bare minimum and you can still do that other stuff as well. And it's amazing and it's great and you're helping. Thank you. But do the bare minimum and you can still do that. Wouldn't you rather do that? I mean, what's wrong with that concept? It doesn't take away from the good you're going. And that's why when Milen Wallet on her blog Right, wrote for example about the Baskin and Robbins, um, uh, John Robbins, I think his name is, and she was, and he, and he publicly came out in support of humane animal farming and all this, and we we're like, no, that is not cool. And then everybody's like, how dare you? John Robbins wrote the Die for New America, and he has helped so many people go vegan, and he himself is vegan in his diet and and he educated people about the dangers of milk and the da 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 and I'm like yeah 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 that's not take you know we're not taking um any of that away from him but that doesn't mean that it's okay for him to go and tell people to eat the bodies and use the products of animals that are quote unquote humanely slaughtered right so that's the huge misunderstanding that we're constantly dealing with. And I don't get it. I don't get it. And I never anywhere see anybody denigrating the good work that people are doing. Never. I see people pointing out that the bare minimum hasn't been reached yet. And without that bare minimum, we don't have a movement. We do not have a movement without that bare minimum. It's just, it's, we just don't. I mean, come on, think about it logically. There's a, a huge fundraiser for, you know, this, this, or there's this huge celebration for this, the Sea Shepherd thing. And they have some vegetarian options. So we're talking like complete, there's going to be corpses galore at this party. Corpses galore. And if only they knew whales were being affected by this. You know, it's, it affects all of us. It's not only this violence that it that permeates our nonviolent species is it is the actual residual effect of every other species on the planet because we're destroying the atmosphere so we're destroying their you know their their air too their water too and their ocean and that so it's just like why do people why are people so misunderstanding i don't know how we can make it any clearer so just be the bare minimum and then you know please and then somebody like me who is like still trying to sort of get the basic kind of like you know i'm still trying to sort of get established like and then i say you know i think you should be vegan and i think you should be evolution and you're like how dare you do you do this and this and this and this and this that I'm doing and I'm like, uh, that really doesn't have anything to do with what I'm saying because I'm not saying that I'm better than you. I'm not saying that you do, you know, that I'm doing all these extracurricular stuff. All I'm saying is like, consider the bare minimum and I mean, fill in the blanks. I mean, we know. So this terrible misunderstanding, this terrible, terrible misunderstanding. And that's the same with like the vegan society who, um, promotes, um, who advertise non-vegan establishments on their magazine. And Gary Francione was like, hang on a second. 
this is the vegan society, the best known vegan, the one founded by the person who invented the word vegan, right? I mean, Donald Watson, this is his society. He invented that word. And there's one, and the reason that he invented that word was because he had to, because vegetarian meant eggs and cheese. And not only that, it meant all other animal products. And he realized, and so he invented the word vegan. And then, you know, this is the number one original, you know, most established vegan um, organization in the world. And they're advertising a place that's not vegan. Like, this place serves um, all... Oh, I think it might serve... Is it only dairy? To be honest, I was arguing with people about the Bruce Friedrich article, which I don't know if I'm going to have time to cover now because there's so much to cover. But anyway, so I didn't get a, I didn't get a chance to really dive into the debate, but lots of people were, and I knew it was in good hands. So I was like, cool, you know, this needs to be said. But I was really getting involved with trying to talk to these other people about because people were like, oh, Bruce Friedrich was article, and I used to think abolition was cool, but oh, now I'm convinced that it's not. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So I was doing all that, but you know, and then people, and then and then typically people started attacking Gary Francione and attacking um, anybody else, and saying, you know, how can you like, um, this is the vegan society, and you know they're doing all this stuff, and they're trying to help people become vegan, and you know they're doing da 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 da, and how you know you why are you doing this and la la, la. and they didn't, you know, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. I mean, it's. It's like if if the leading voices for the animals are not doing the bare minimum and promoting the bare minimum because it is the bare I mean, it's like just because there are things beyond our control where they're the house paint in the apartment that you rent or the sidewalks that you walk on are the results of animal exploitation that you know, that misses the point. But you don't begin to be on the right side. With regard to being an advocate for animals, with regard to sticking up for their rights, unless you are on that vegan side from the beginning. Now, I do have a huge problem with people who live vegan in their own lives and promote exploitation because um, we can't do that. And that is the problem with, with, with um, why... And I didn't see the ad, and I need to go and check it out, but I think it was more than just, okay, this is a place where you can have vegan options if you want to go and stay at an inn, which I believe it was an inn. It was that. It was advertised as this sort of a haven of... of um, they probably just used the the, adver- the, adver- the original advertisements words of the place, which advertised themselves as a haven of tranquility and blah, blah, blah. And the, the honest truth is, if you've got the products of the most just you there's no words to describe uh, what's happening to these animals whose bits are ending up in those in those cupboards and you've got that in your cupboards you're not a haven you're just not you're not a haven of tranquility um not in not in the real world and you know we have to burst that bubble before we can create a new world because that bubble is an illusion and that's like the people who are doing you know anybody who's doing you know I just won't contribute to one form of exploitation because I know that I'm sorry uh, it's like I can do other things and one of the things I said to this um the, this collector today for, for the intellectually handicapped community in New Zealand as I said um I'm not going to commit to this um sort of two-year, you know, monthly donation because there are times where I don't have that 
to commit, or I don't really know, but you've raised my awareness. Education is the key. You've got me thinking about the issue. I'm also part of a group where somebody um, has also been talking about the issue. And um, I appreciate your bringing this to my mind. I mean, her just standing in the street and saying to people, hey, I represent intellectually handicapped people. They are part of our community. You know, they are existing amongst us. People with schizophrenia, people with autism, you know, people um, in our schools whose who, who's, the children are so so ignorant and so uninformed and so scared of what's different. They're attacking these kids. These kids are having a really tough time and they're just kids, you know, and like, you know, they're just like, they're just a little bit different you know with regard to their communication methods but you know so I'm like thank you for doing what you're doing with regard to that and I just wanted her to not feel so bad they shouldn't get any money out of me because she still did some good and we didn't get a chance to really go into it after I sort of talked to her about the SPCA and I was like and I didn't finish off that thought to her and I wish that I had I was, as I was walking away I was up the road quite quite a bit and I was thinking oh damn you know I really wish that I'd explained to her something because what I say was what I do for non-human animals is I do vegan education. I don't ask people for money. I um, let them know, you know, that they can just do this one simple thing and um, and the world is going to change because that's the only thing that helps animals. I mean, you know, it just, it's... <sighs> When people hear us say it's like the only thing that helps animals, okay, if you're talking about the big picture, if you're talking about the big picture, you know, for individual animal lives, I mean, obviously somebody who saves saves somebody and gives them shelter and, and fun home until the last day of their life has helped. And somebody who's perhaps gone down to Christchurch and donated some time and, and really helped people and changed their lives and given them food has helped those people, you know. Um, if they're serving them um, the bodies of other animals, they're they're hurting somebody to help somebody and unnecessarily like there's no need for that in fact there's very little in this world in our communities if we wanted to change it we could where you have to hurt somebody to help somebody because for example the very basic concept of food there's so much beautiful food that we could be providing for these people um, and helping these people and giving them a sense of home so it's like yeah you know you can do all this good but you can do it by feeding them vegan food you can provide clothes that are vegan clothes and um, you can um, also help to educate them about nonviolence at the same time and that's going to change the world so it doesn't and I even with regard to intellectually handicapped people like I think it's disgusting that they have to come out in the streets and beg for money to help these people when the governments are spending how much money are they spending on war on military on defense I mean it's crazy and we have you know and money's just you know money's just digits on a screen I mean I don't even care what anybody says there's a bunch of people up there just controlling some numbers on a screen um, but with regard to actual factual things like food and shelter and warmth it's up to us to help you know to do to do what we can in our own in our own communities and um, the beauty is that we can do it without participating in exploitation against others I mean there's very little I remember Randy Sandberg was telling me about there was a famous like anti you know human slavery guy and on his deathbed they put a cotton sheet on him he was literally dying and he threw it off he threw his blanket off like he's like no way I'm not wearing this you know the last thing that I touch before I die is not going to be this product of slavery because cotton was made by slaves in those days and instead so they put a wool blanket on him and he was all good with that do you see what I mean so I doesn't. I admire the guy hugely, and um, whoever, which one he was, because they were both really, you know, the guy from England and William Lloyd Garrison. Oh, what the uh, William Wilberforce? Okay, maybe it was William Wilberforce. I can't remember. Um, but it was one of those two. 
Oh, Randy's going to kill me. I'm so bad at remembering names and dates. Okay. It doesn't negate the fact that he stood up for the rights of African-American slaves and probably any other kind of slavery, human slavery that he found. But it, it doesn't mean that the world blanket was acceptable. It just like the fact that we could see something wrong in that, because it is wrong, doesn't mean that we're saying, oh, well, that's, oh, forget about it. William Wilberforce, forget it. All of his good deeds, all of the things that he achieved mean nothing because he wore a wool blanket. No, it just means that we're saying, guess what? Um, it's not about being perfect, but it's about doing the bare minimum. Um, you can't, you know, you know, it just, it's like start from there. And then, you know, if you are able to adopt and you're able to give sanctuary and you're able to go out and do vegan education and you're able to make pamphlets that are about vegan education or do bake sales that are about vegan education. And I mean like abolitionist vegan education, not like the diet or, or I don't know, the health or, you know, whatever. Um, then you can still do all that stuff, but you've got to do the bare minimum. And not only being vegan, but if you don't want to do all that other stuff, like um, being like going out and having like maybe having a group or doing pamphlets or or, or distributing um, literature in other ways or having a podcast or whatever, if you just want to sort of like if you're just really busy raising your kids and 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 you're looking after your sick parents and your you know your life is like really 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 just definitely you're committed to a lot of stuff, but you're vegan, that's that's you know that's great, really vegan, no, none of this like supposedly vegan but not really vegan I'm talking really vegan the only other thing I would ask of those people is that the bare minimum does include not compromising on the moral issue when you're asked about it and it and if you don't want to instigate it don't but don't compromise please don't compromise please don't say you're vegan to somebody you know just help us out here don't say you're vegan and then like they say well, I buy free range. So they say I buy free range hens. Um, if you are one of those people who doesn't like conflict and stuff, just all I ask is if if you don't have the you know the the sort of gumption to say that doesn't help animals or that free range is just as bad or just something really simple like well you know free range it's you know it's bad or if you don't want to say that if you just one of those people who doesn't want to. Um, I understand that. Just and you could and, and and just don't say, please, just don't say. Well, that's a good thing, you know. I'm glad that you're doing that. Just don't say that, you know. Sometimes it's what you don't say that helps. Um, don't sort of promote that. So so sometimes you can say nothing if you're really not up to it, and you know, and you just have a gut feeling that this moment is 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 the person says to you, they get immediately defensive and say, well. Look, I only buy eggs from the farmer down the road, and I know those chickens are treated really good, and I don't eat any other animal products. I don't eat meat, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, this person um, is immediately hostile. Um, you have a choice. You can say, well, there's no really no difference between... Or you could sort of say to them, well, do you wear leather or, you know, you know, it's more than a diet. I often say that to people, well, it's more than a diet. But if you don't, if you're not comfortable, and the only option you have is to either say nothing or say oh, well, that's really good that you're buying those farmer's eggs. Say nothing. Just say nothing then. Just, you know, help help us out by saying nothing because somebody who identifies as vegan and tells somebody they're vegan and then does that, it, it hurts us. It hurts. 
I mean, I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, you've hurt my feelings. I'm like, it hurts the movement, and um, it hurts the animals. And um, and then the last thing I want to talk about t- today is is um, because I was really involved in, in this recently. Bruce Friedrich wrote an article um, on the Huffington Post about <laughs> supposedly how welfare is like the way to go and it's definitely consistent with abolition and blah 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 and then the last thing that um was sort of bandied about in defense because nobody can answer the question so they're like well the fallback position for welfare and i need to talk about this in another podcast maybe my next podcast um i'm still getting my hard drive fixed it's still broken and this hard drive is my internal drive which is very small so I'm sort of taking a risk tonight (laughs) but I just need to do this podcast as you can tell I'm speaking incredibly fast and I'm all over the place because it's been such a long time and but the last thing I was going to say was that um they said to us this this they were they they were unable to answer this because the fallback position is like but if you were in a cage and you were being tortured and wouldn't you want the torture to stop and to be put in a larger cage wouldn't you? And then people stop and say, oh my gosh, what can I say to that? I mean, of course I would. And the truth is, the answer to that is the torch is not being stopped. And I'm not just being a wet blanket. It's the truth. So I'm like, name one measure that you have poured all of the support into and that you're promoting in which animals are not sadistically tortured. Name one. Um, They can't answer that. They just ignore it because every single use of animal is torture. And we know that there's different levels, different amounts, different time frames. But I don't concentrate on that. I concentrate on the fact that it's all torture. And so then they were suddenly like, okay, desperate for something to say because they couldn't respond to that. And they said, oh, but if the vegan, if the vegan argument is so strong and the abolitionist and the, and the property, um, you know, argument is so strong. Then why are you guys so, um, why do you think that welfare weakens it? Like, if, if, if you guys are so sure of yourselves, like your argument is the right one and, and blah, 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 um, then what are you so worried about welfare promotion? Why would it weaken it? Because your argument is so strong. <laughs> Can you believe that? You know, they, they're, they're realizing that people are seeing through the whole, but it helps animals now thing, or animals aren't being tortured anymore, and the worst abuses are being stopped kind of thing, because everybody's seeing through that. Like, one of the reasons why I do this podcast, and it's turned into the podcast that it has, and the reason why I do spend a lot of time talking to people who are promoting welfare, is because if you take a world in which 1% of the world is vegan, and then out of that 1%, out of that 1%, 99%, are entrenching animals in the property paradigm and promoting non-vegan establishments and representing themselves as vegan or saying they're vegan and then saying, oh, well, it's okay if you do this and da-da-da-da, or or outright promoting horrific torture of animals, like as an alternative use and then saying, you know, if 99% of that 1% is doing that, then the other 1%, which is us, is going to be like, no, 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 because... We want want it to be more than one percent. We want the whole animal movement. We want the whole movement to be people promoting this the same fundamental moral position. I mean, is that too much to ask? I don't think it is. I really, really don't. And um, I think a lot of it has to do with money. Uh, I think that you know these 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 people are making a living off this. When you start making a living off it. Your rent is dependent on it. And then not only your rent, if you become accustomed to a certain lifestyle and you lose all your morals, but hey, I won't go into that. Um, I will uh, withhold my um, opinion. But um, you you do, 
you're forced to compromise, um, which is if, if you're relying on the money. So that that's, I don't know what the theme of this podcast is. I don't even know what I'm going to call it. I just needed to do a podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope I made sense. It's just so much happening as usual. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I just have to stop there. And So um, thanks for listening and I'll be back.